because of your, you know, Neanderthal backwater titanium based iPhone, you know, vegan guru, all organic granola crunching hippie phone or something. Welcome back to the Refactor Podcast, the show where we try and help ourselves and you suck just a little bit less each and every day. Recording live from the basement of the Ivory Tower, my name is Frank Cole. And from the brink of sanity, my name is Chris Tonkinson. And this is episode 120, recorded on December 1st, 2023. And I need to apologize in advance. Uh, We're having some housework being done in the background, actually right outside my office door. So we have some construction going on. I'm going to try and keep myself muted. But if... uh, invariably there's going to be a saw or a hammer. There's one right there. Um, that'll probably break through. So I apologize in advance for, uh, for the background noise. It is what it is. We'll have one of the staffers edit that out in post. I think. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get one right of, on that. One of the of many, staffers. one of the many interns. Uh, I'm sure they can, I'm sure they can take right care of that. Uh, you should do uh, There was a, there's a joke I saw online. Like, Oh, why, why would I pay a professional to do something that I have no idea how to do? (laughs) (laughs) I have to say it's been really cool as a, as a weekend warrior type of home project guy, it has been really cool. We're, We're refinishing the basement and having a bunch of guys who are, quite professional at it and, and quite good mm-hmm. at it. Watching them work is, is really cool to say nothing of like seeing the room come together. Is a, it, that's of course yeah. cool. And we're, you know, we're doing little custom tweaks and personalizations, which is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, those things you get to do with a, you know, with a new house or new construction, things like that. I've never, mm-hmm. I've never built a house. So, th- so that's been really cool, but watching these guys work, they're insanely fast. Like we had this, uh, there's a section of the ceiling that we had to box out and, we realized later, oh, it's actually two and it needs to be two or three inches longer than that. And they mm-hmm. ripped it and they ripped down and replaced the box out in like an hour. And I looked at that project and I, I think it had taken me three damn days to do it the first time. <laughs> and then another three yeah. to fix the mistake. And I'd have been kicking myself. And these guys are like, oh, yeah, it needs to be a little bit longer. Okay, we'll do that. Just do it. <laughs> Done. Yeah. I, it's a marvel to watch somebody that knows what they're anything, whether anything, it's cooking yes. or, con- or carpentry or or programming. To watch somebody that, and I have no idea what it looks like to be a good programmer, but <laughs> to watch somebody that actually knows what they're doing is is just a it's a blessing to behold. I, we had a room done like a year ago, almost, and it was something where I could have done like 90% of it myself. Um, rough plumbing, I'm not going to touch. And there was some sp- special tile work that I was not going to go near. But we had the conversation like, oh, should we just do, should we DIY? And we came to the realization, like, I know you're in a similar spot, but we got like three kids and a dog and careers and all this, you know, life going on around us. And so if I take this project on A, it's going to be a part-time job five nights a week for a year to get this done. And it's going to make way more noise, way more dust. And my wife is going to be alone with the kids all night long while I go off and, and, you know, play construction. Um, yep. And we have no, <laughs> noped right out of that. <laughs> he noped out. I, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's, um, not only that, just the job that you get done, the caliber of it, the quality of it, you know, you get yeah. what you pay for. There is absolute yeah. truth in that. And it's, it's really cool. It just, and it's really neat to see it come together and to see it. It's, it's going to be yeah. nice. It's going to look good. It's, it's clean. So that's, 
That's cool. Anyway, so I apologize in advance for the um, for the noise. I had something. Um, I know you've got a little bit of a short. Uh, mine might actually devolve. You know what? Let's start with yours before we go into mine, because I think mine's going to okay. lead one of our. It's going to go sidebar on us. It's going to go sidebar. sidebar that's sideways. Fine. Yeah, definitely. Sidebar sideways. That's that. That's there's something to that as a as a oh, mama, yeah. as a the sidebar sideways. There's mm-hmm. something in that. I like mm-hmm. that. Um, well, I suck a little less now than I did the last time we talked. And it's been a couple of weeks with travel and vacation and and holidays or whatever. Um, I learned that um, dogs lay eggs. No, that's a that's an old uh, Family Guy joke for anybody. So I have built uh, easily dozens of of servers, hardware servers in my life, uh, towers, and I have managed thousands of servers virtually in data centers all over the place. Um, and so one of the things that I had never had the opportunity to do uh, is actually play with rack gear. Like that's something I've just never done before. And oh, yeah. so racks are cool. Racks are fun. Uh, we talked uh, I don't know, a month or two. It was a while ago. We talked about uh, the state of my home network and how it needs to be. That's it's time has passed. Uh, and so I went and started thinking about, okay, I'm going to do this now. Like I have some time. Let me put some effort into this project. And I knew I wanted to put the network. Uh, I knew I wanted to do ubiquity gear for the network. Uh, Everybody knows Ubiquity. It's got a great reputation, really clean products, really nice interfaces, really easy to manage. It's a it's a great system. It's all proprietary and black locked in and all that. Yes. Um, that's it's not doing anything you can't do with a basic switch and a and you know open sense. But uh as far as like, hey, this is networking, it's not my strong suit. I just want an appliance that I can plug in, it is chef's kiss. So I I did a little treat yourself. And I got some ubiquity gear. I got a, I got a, um, an edge device. I got a switch, um, a PDU. I got, and I, oh, look, they have uh, a cute little 6U rack on casters that they have. And so everything, it was a vanity purchase, right? So I planned this out. And once I got in the patch panel and the PDU and everything else, okay. I realized that I would be utilizing five out of the six U of this of this rack, right? Um, totally could have just bought a used rack for way cheaper, but again, vanity purchase. It was cute, made the whole thing thematic. I was, you know, I was into it. So then I and I, this is so the first part of my story, I have I have one one learning and I have one piece of advice. I'm gonna start with the advice. For anybody within the sound of my voice, if do not go to eBay looking for used enterprise gear. Don't do it. Okay. Because because you will find it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very true. There's and lots so, of it too. <laughs> so I look at this and I say, I'm rebuilding, I'm, I'm redoing the home lab. I'm rebuilding the network. I've got all this, all this shiny new stuff that I get, all these shiny new toys I get to play with. And I have one U left over in this rack. I need a server too. Why don't I go and check out the home lab options? Why don't I go and see mm-hmm. what I can find on eBay? And I found a one you Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. So so I find a one U server, okay? Uh, and it's an old Power Edge machine, 13 gen Power Edge. And so I find it and I thought this is great. It's got eight bays. And so my current uh my current storage device has six drives. This is perfect, man. Look, I get an OS drive. I get a cache drive. I get six data drives that I can just move because the, the rust I have in my current rig is perfectly serviceable. It's not even that old. So, and I, you know as well as I do for this level of storage, like that's a lot of money. So great. It it makes, I, I can buy all the, I can, I can spend my splurge money on the Ubiquity gear. The one U off eBay is super cheap and I get to reuse my storage. 
if I think about the way I used to do things, which was build a new gaming class PC and retire the old one as the server, like that, that was my four to six year cycle. This is actually cheaper than that. I was like, this is awesome. And I get to play with new fun toys. It'll be great, right? Thankfully, I had the presence of mind not to buy anything but the actual gear because when the Dell 1U showed up, I learned something. The server rats made up an acronym that nobody asked for, that nobody actually needed. So when you're looking at desktop hardware, you look at bays for CD-ROMs, or DVD, Blu-ray uh, devices, hard drives, right? They're, they're measured in inches, three and a half inch, two and a half inch drive. That's the physical size of the bay that the thing fits into. No, no, no. We don't, we don't, use, we don't use those measurements in, the, in, in rack equipment. We talk about SFF and LFF which mean respectively small form factor and large form factor or two and a half inch versus three and a half inch. So I had this idea in my mind that I was going to be able to reuse these six rust drives I have in my old tower server because this has eight bays, but these are two and a half inch bays. I missed the SFF acronym in the description. Again, I didn't know that before. Now I do. And so my rust is no longer going to fit. So like a normal uh, person, and I caught it, I actually caught it before it, uh, or before it got to me, before it shipped. So I could have, a rational person may have said, oh, wait, this plan is not going to work. Let me cancel that. Take a few steps back and think about my life choices. No, 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 that's not what I did. What I did was, oh, well, maybe I can find an LFF that is to say three and a half inch drive base server and complement the one I already have ordered. And I'll just buy a bigger rack so I can fit both of them. So now I also have a 2U power edge <laughs> sitting under that oh with three and a half inch bays. I see where uh, this now, is going. Thankfully, thankfully, I was able to stop it there. I, I didn't. And now I'm like, oh, well, now I'm going to need at least a 12U. I'm probably just going to buy a full rack because they're cheap enough on like Facebook <laughs> market or whatever. Um, but then I'm going to be staring at all this empty space. and I'm going to be thinking, well, like, oh, I have an awful lot of single points of failure in this infrastructure. And I'm going to go down this whole drive. But I. It is ridiculous, though. I, I, I had never looked. I'd never had any interest, never had any reason. I'd, I was curious, but not enough to actually go and search anything. The, the price, the, the, the capability per dollar deals that you can find on this used enterprise gear on eBay is ridiculous. So yeah, when, just they're, for get, context, when they're liquidating are, stuff, yeah, you can get like mega, mega deals. I yeah. mean, these are, these are 5,000 series Xeons dual socket machines. So like the storage, the storage box is a weaker of the two. It's got 96 gig of Ram. Uh, it's got 20 core, 40 Jesus. threads of processing power, eight bays uh, for like 300 bucks. Now, it's a little power hungry. Uh, it's a little louder, right? Um, rack gear. So what I've also learned is that um, the, the the it's actually like if I were to go back and do all this again without making mistakes and then doubling down on them, I'd probably just buy a little better 2U server because what I've also learned is that the 1U servers have smaller fans, Small fans. which means they have to yep. which means they have to work harder to move the same CFM, which means they're louder. Uh, yeah, so and the even if they're not moving, is considerably quieter. And even if they are moving, not even the same CFM. Even if they're not moving the same amount, just, of just trying just to keep the just sheer baseline. size of the fan. Just they are much louder, constantly, yeah. constantly. Like the the two U. Like I don't. It's just all just sitting on the on the table next to my desk right now. I don't. I haven't actually bought a rack yet. Um, 
but just the 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 difference at idle is very noticeable between the, I could oh, yeah. have the two you idling right now next to me. I could not have the one you. Um, that's why all so, these. That's why all the big gaming systems now they're all. It's like for years the minimum was eighty millimeter fans, but even those are super loud. Oh, so I haven't. Like, I haven't seen an eighty. Well, in a that's while. my point. They now yeah. standardize one hundred and twenty, and then one twenty, one forty, one forty. Even get the two hundreds or the two forties. Mm-hmm. They put like a giant one of those giant ones on top, the blowhole mm-hmm. styles. And those things are, yeah. I mean, they're gargantuan, but they, they yeah. spin so slow and the, you know, they're, mm-hmm. you just have it's more space lot. to work it's with. A lot and different. It's a lot different. It's, it's a lot quieter, yeah. but yeah, those servers, <laughs> there's a reason those, those, uh, those data centers are so damn noisy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it is a roar inside a data center. It's a little, just this constant roar of fans. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've been I've been in data centers before. Um, oh I've yeah, that, never that comment wasn't for your benefit. I know you've been. Yeah, there. yeah, I've just never played with the played with the toys myself, hands on. Uh, but it's been fun. It's been a, it's been a fun experiment. Um, I'm awaiting uh, some um, some caddies and blanks today. They should arrive today, uh, so I can I can finish setting everything up. And then once I'm sure it all work, once I put it, and now it's all going to go in the basement, so I don't have to worry about the noise level too much. Um, like when you when you boot the systems up, they're full fan. Uh, that would not be like yeah, I was until ready the to software send it back kicks on the spot. Actually, I was like, in, I yeah. know I have experienced server noise before. I know they're loud. This is only one machine. It cannot be this loud. This will not gain spousal approval factor even in the basement. <laughs> um, uh, but then once it comes down off and, and and idles, then it's it's really actually quite reasonable. Um, yeah. But yeah, if I did if I did do it again, I probably would have just bought a beefier two U, knowing that I needed that for the drives anyway, or at least as many as I've got. Um, that's been a fun experiment, though. So cool. I, I suck uh, I suck a little less now than I did before because I learned some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I get everything set up, the the uh, the network gear I have actually accepts a uh, ten gig fiber channel. Um, so I've only ever done like Ethernet, uh, so mm-hmm. I get to play with glass too, which will be which will be Ooh, fun. Ooh, fancy! Because uh, we just had uh, fiber roll out to our area, or allegedly. Now I call them, and they're like, "Oh no, we're you know not coming soon. We'll let you know." Yeah. Um, even though the trucks dug up the street right in front of my house six months ago, like I they're here, but they, they don't mm-hmm. know that they're here. So um, anyway, they do fiber to the home. Uh, it's Chantel, which is some company out of Maryland or something. Um, I'll have fiber to the home. So I don't know. I may actually be able to get direct fiber right into my rack, which would be, which would be kind of cool. That Depending on if cool. the installer, like if the installer, if he's cool, that he or she uh, is, is cool about it. Um, then I might be able to do fiber, but they may have some special modem um, that that may not be feasible. I don't know. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's yeah. cool. So you 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 went ahead and doubled down on the on the home network. You didn't you didn't move anything to the cloud. We had talked about doing that. You were tired of managing the local stuff, but it sounds like you've just so I do still local stuff. Uh, there were some things that I moved to the cloud uh, for different reasons. Email, I. I have self-hosted everything, including email and DNS over the years. Yeah. I no longer host my own email or DNS. I'm glad I did. I don't regret having hosted it, and I have no desire to do so again. It's such a, <laughs> I email just, is such a pain. I, I, ugh, it is, I hate hosting email. <laughs> and honestly, you know what it is? It's not, for anybody who's not done it before, it's not what you think. The, the reason that email, because all of the different myriad facets of email hosting are tractable. 
right? They are solved problems. You just need the dedication and RTFM to get through and connect the systems and make sure the things work. And it can be really stable, really fast, really cost efficient. It could be really great, except for reasons that you can't control all of the time, your IP will get added to blacklists. And unless you spend it, unless you treat it like a part-time job, you're not getting off of those blacklists. And then you start getting bounces and then you have connectivity issues and then mail doesn't get through. And I, that's the thing that ultimately did it for me. The rest of it was a little annoying, but I was willing to do it A, for the experience, B, for the nerd cred, C, because I'm like a weirdo about data sovereignty and all that. But the blacklisting stuff that just, I, I couldn't, I, I was, if for me, it was practically intractable. I, I couldn't, it's such it. a yeah. It's such a pain in the butt with with that stuff, and then keeping it up, and I mean the security that you have to put on it because email by itself is so yeah. insecure. It's it, it's just a huge, it's such a huge headache. It's such a pain in the butt. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I I, I get it. All right. So you drop DNS, you drop email, and then this is just like home more home network stuff that's basically feeding your Plex beast. So yeah, home network, home media, um, some dev stuff, um, and other other stuff like you know, because uh, I have like an LDAP and all that kind of stuff locally, right. all, all that all that kind of stuff. I've I've switched back and forth over the years uh, for hosting like you know GitLab and things like that, uh, and I haven't I haven't decided. I'll have plenty of capacity now, so that the only question here is like whether or not I feel like doing it. Uh, but for some of the home media, I actually do want to be able to access that from the internet. And so I think I'm going right. to have to solve all of the problems associated with that anyway. So yeah. I may wind up bringing, I may wind up, since I have the capacity now, I may wind up pulling that stuff back in-house. Um, but it's got to be a more stable solution than what I've got now. I've had issues with um, something, and I've in a year, I've not been able to figure out what's happening. Um, but sometimes the reverse tunnel doesn't like it breaks and then I can't get connectivity back into the house and mm -hmm. uh, I'm sick of it. So I may do something with like WireGuard or Cloudflare or something like that to get the tunnel a little more robust. Yeah. Yeah. There's different, yeah, you could do some of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, some reverse, the, the reverse DNS or reverse proxy stuff. Um, all right, cool. Um, so you're, you, that this project sounds like you've got the gear, but you haven't actually, set it like you're in the process of setting it up and then you have to actually move the software and move the data. And so you're just yeah, so at the, 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 you're nice at the thing hardware is, level. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still okay. in hardware mode again for another, for another day, I'll get the last caddies today uh, mm -hmm. and then I'll be able to, to then I, then once I'm sure everything works the way I want it to, before I have to send anything back, then I'll buy a rack and I'll move it downstairs. Um, right. Uh, but otherwise it's been nice also because unlike I don't know, every other time I've done a network thing at home, uh, I'm able to build this in place. So mm -hmm. this is just mm -hmm. sitting, like my edge device is now interfacing with my existing router. And so I can build this entire thing, complete isolation. I can tear it down and rebuild it. I can have it off for a day at a time. Like I can get it right before I go into production with it, which is really mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, then it's a matter of, of just getting, uh, getting services up and, and copying data and so forth. Um, yeah. so cool. Uh, yeah, but that's been, that's been really, that's been really nice. Uh, and I got new APs The newer APs are so heavy. I don't know if it's just ubiquity. Um, mm. but like this is a Wi-Fi six, uh, POE AP, which is similar to the ones I already have. Um, 
but it's like three times the weight. I'm almost concerned hmm. like the little plastic mounting, bra- it, it's enough, it's fine. But like the thought went through my head of, is that bracket strong enough to hold this up? Um, it's a significant weight difference. I'm not sure why. Um, I mean, it, it's got more radio, more antennas in it. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that'll be, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll report back. Uh, it'll, it'll probably be a while before I talk about it again, because still is working and I have some more scars and some more, uh, hard lessons learned to <laughs> share. There won't, there won't be much more to share, but yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I, uh, best, best of luck with it. Uh, I know you got a you got a rack, right? But it's sitting empty. I have a rack that's house? sitting empty. It has been empty for nah. years. I we've got this. We bought this house, and it had this in this back basement area that was finished and drywalled, but not not living space. There was this little cubby in the back corner, and it it it, it ran right up against the area going into the main living space, and it was on the same wall as where the cable and the internet and uh, as it turns out, phone line, but it was, the phone line was actually Cat Five Ether, mm-hmm. Cat Five cabling. So I've been converting the phone jacks into Ethernet jacks, and mm-hmm. I had this grand plan to build a you know a very robust system like what you've what you've done. And every time I just go, oh, I'm so tired, <laughs> I just I just can't do it. And so yeah. I just haven't I just haven't done it. Um, so yes, I have this. Yeah. This it is a full size. Tower this is a full a size server enclosure. Yeah. It's huge. It is massive, and it just sits in the corner there. And maybe one of these days I'll do something yeah. with it. <laughs> I've I've thought about the rack thing for uh, like a couple of iterations now, and I just never. It was the same thing. Like it's just it's so easy to build a tower and swap out the old one and keep doing what you've done. You know, it's just. And especially when usually I'm not doing that until something's break or it's at critical mass. So it's right. like, like some time pressure and, you know, I don't want things to be, you know, to heaven forbid the Paw Patrol isn't on Plex, you know, at 3 p.m. or whatever the damn thing is. So, <laughs> um, but this has been nice because I can take my time. I can have fun with it. And like I said, it actually enabled me to buy some pretty cool gear. Like the Ubiquity stuff is all new. It's fun stuff to play with. If I was doing like I wouldn't I would have had the money to do what I normally do and do that. Um, the the rack gear, this used enterprise gear is just so cheap for what you get. Yeah. Um, that it really enabled me to 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 do this. Which and is it cool. is it is stupid easy at how much of this stuff you can find on eBay used oh for my all, gosh. for pennies, pennies on the dollar. Oh my gosh. There's so there's so much of it that you so you can go you can dive deep on that stuff if you uh, I mean these systems combined the two of these units probably have I don't know four times the overall uh raw compute power and bandwidth uh of my of my existing stack yeah. and they cost I don't know a fifth of yeah. what of a third of what yeah. that did to build new right mm-hmm. like it's just what you get is is just stupid um yeah. It's like an ignorant level of value and it's awesome. I love it. Um, so now I'm going to have to fight. The, once I get all this, this done with now, I'm going to have to fight the urge to go and buy more of it, of course. Uh, which my power bill may, may actively prevent me. From, it's not too bad. Um, the, the network stack uh, takes about 50. Well, that's all of it too. It takes about 50 Watts. It's just really, really reasonable. Um, and then idling the servers do about hundred to 150. So it is more, I'll wind up, I'll wind up a little more than double what I was doing in power versus the old stack. Okay. Um, 
but it's not not too bad. It's not you know you go you look at Reddit or something and everybody's like oh but the noise oh the power cons-. it's like well yeah compared to a Raspberry Pi they're loud and they suck a lot of juice sure, yeah mm-hmm. Raspberry Pi doesn't give me fifty eight cores uh, fifty eight threads of processing so right. it's like not exactly apples to apples yeah yeah totally I I get it. So. All right, switch, uh, slight switch gears. Uh, my, my my topic. That actually we went deeper than I thought, but my, okay, here we go. You know what really grinds my gears? I had Uh-oh. something that came across. Yeah, that that just oh, just frosted me. Have you used YouTube on your phone recently? I'll say in the yeah. last. I'll say in the last week or two. I'm yeah. pretty sure it had to have been in the last week or two. Okay, um, let's do a little science experiment here. Uh, pull up your phone. Open YouTube. Uh-oh. I want to see if this is just me. I want to see if this is a how wide a rollout this is. Okay. Pull up YouTube. Start, start a video. Thing. Start a video. Start, and, start and what, a video. And what I want you to do is, can you, um, well, uh, hold on a second. This might be an Android iPhone distinction. On my mm-hmm. awesome Android, I could start a YouTube video and then hit the minimize button. And then the video screen would actually just sort of shrink and it would sit in the corner. And I could, okay. Mm -hmm. So you've been able to do that. Okay. I want you to do that. I want you to open YouTube, start the video and then go back to your home screen and have the little, the little inset YouTube video player thingy. Mm -hmm. Does that work for you? Yeah, it does. Oh yeah. Yeah. They've had this, this is capability is not new. Yeah. Okay. Well, don't get used to it because it looks like it's going away on my Android device. Now, if I go to do that minimize thing, mm-hmm. it gives me uh, well, actually, if you try and do it now, it doesn't minimize. It just closes the window and the video that's playing stops. And oh. when I open it back up, YouTube has this very friendly, convenient notice. Wish your videos kept playing when you close the app. Get background play with YouTube Premium. Oh no, that has been so so interesting though, because that has been the case. F- I'm going to say forever, but for months to may- way longer for me on on iOS. But you just said you where, did it, and it worked. No, so you can swipe down to minimize the playing video and scroll like your YouTube home screen. Yeah, that's not what I meant. I meant the home. Right. I meant the app. Okay, so on iOS, your phone OS homepage. So, oh no, I understand what you're saying now. Uh, so, a year or two ago, I forget if it's been one or two years. iOS, I don't know if you know this. They Apple Cupertino invented picture in picture. Nobody's ever <laughs> thought of this before. Along it's with new. titanium, right? They invented it's titanium. innovative. Yes. It, Have you heard of our Lord and Savior titanium? Titanium and um, picture in picture. Yeah. Okay. It's like talking to a vegan with these Apple commercials with their titanium. It's like, God, shut up about it already. Um, no, but they they finally uh, did picture in picture either one or two summers ago. Um, and right away, YouTube allowed picture in picture. So I can, uh, it's a different gesture. That's why I got confused with what you were saying. Okay. Because uh, within the YouTube app, I'll try as best I can do it to explain it. In the YouTube app, if I'm watching in, uh, portrait mode, I can like tap on the video and swipe down. Yes, that, and it minimizes yes. the video. Okay, so but you, you're you know in that. YouTube still. You're still. I'm in still YouTube. in YouTube, yeah. right? So, but if I if I make the video bigger, if I if I swipe up, it goes to picture in picture and stays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the so thing picture in picture. The, yeah, that's, that's the been there I'm for t- a while. What I can't do though is like lock the phone, 
then it'll stop. Okay. So the picture in picture thing that you just described, that's the feature that I'm talking about. So yeah, that's been, yeah, that's been there for a year or two now, wherever that, whenever Apple rolled out PNP, that's, that well, started. Apparently, that well, I don't know if this is an, I don't know what the distinction is, if it's an Android thing because, you know, Google and YouTube, all that, or mm-hmm. if this is just a great, a, a graduated rollout here, a gradual rollout. But that picture in picture functionality I had on my Android phone up until about 30 seconds ago. And now it oh. doesn't work. That picture in picture do that doesn't anymore. happen. It doesn't let me do uh, it. So keep in, keep your eyes peeled. That that feature may be going away. But I don't know if that's um, does Google not have the control on the iPhone to to enforce that the way that they have the control in an Android environment to enforce it. So I'm I'm very curious to see. But like this just happened. no because the app the app like like PMP the app has support. to support PMP right. Right. That's right. a that's a platform API that they're leveraging to right. support. YouTube is like intentionally He's supporting that. So yes. if they didn't want to do that on iOS, I imagine I, now it sounds like there's an app update on its way that is going to break that. Probably. So yeah. um, YouTube Premium, I'm, uh, as as you may have seen, you know, they've been doing the advertisements forever now. Oh, yeah. To get uh, subscribe for YouTube Premium and get, uh, you know, watch this, you know, watch live TV. Um, you know, and it'll also, you know, make julienne fries and, you know, they've been, Mm -hmm. they have been trying like crazy to get people to subscribe to their stupid subscription service. Um, so now they're, it looks like they're taking a different tack and they are actually revoking features that you already had and putting Mm -hmm. them under the YouTube premium umbrella, which I find to be just gross. Um, because there, it, it feels to me, I, 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 and this is where I kind of think the conversation could go. Because on the one hand, I get it. Like when you're building a new product, you're just kind of throwing features at the wall. You're trying to figure out what sticks. And eventually you kind of come to a you know, conclusion of, oh, okay, I'm sort of figuring out my, you know, my free versus paid tier or my bronze, silver, yeah. gold tier. You're not really yeah. sure how those things are going to land. You're just kind of, you're just figuring it out. And based on usage and feedback, you end up with those buckets. You try, you, you figure out where those things go. And so moving mm-hmm. things from free to paid or paid to free, I'm not, I'm not averse to conceptually. This one just feels gross to me because of the sequence that we're seeing here. Um, as an end user, you know, I have been watching them shove YouTube premium in my face now for years. Yeah. And there's just not a compelling. I don't have a compelling reason I, to buy it. I don't I, care. I, I, I don't want I don't want live TV. I don't care about live TV. The, the notion that <laughs> the no, YouTube is oh. one of the is one of the authors of the downfall of live TV, and you are pushing me to live TV, the thing that I'm no longer interested in because you're serving it. It's just it's stupid. So they, they so have I have a sidebar there when you're done. Okay. So hold your sidebar. It, 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 that just didn't work, but they really want you. They really, really want subscriptions. They want that ARR. They really want that. Um, hey, phrasing. They want that annual recurring revenue. They really want you to sign up and you give them money on a routine everything's basis. Everything's a subscription. Part. Everything's a subscription. And everything's I get, a subscription. I get it. I, I get it. But they, here's the thing. They have, a, it, this is not YouTube figuring crap out. This is them sque- you know, squeezing blood from the stone. They have a working model. It's very good. It's very compelling. They have videos. They're available for free. They put ads on it. 
YouTube makes money. The content creator makes money. Everybody's incentivized and rowing in the same direction. It works great. Why are you effing with that is the first thing that I think about. That's the, you know, that's the first thing. The second thing is this blood from the stone. Okay, I, I really want you to do premium. Okay, you don't want live TV? How about this? How about I take away something that you have had that has been working that is just definitionally, it's just there and it just works and, you know, like your life is fine. No, I'm going to take that away and I'm going to, I'm actually going to, you're going to, you're going to piss me off into buying your thing. It's not like, not, not a good look, man. Like that's, that's, I'm not going to, I'm less inclined now. Now I'm like, okay, show me YouTube alternatives. Where's my Vimeo account? Let me go find that. So Vimeo, it just doesn't. So the process of defining it, fine. This isn't defining it. This is you being a, you know, you know, being miserly, I think. Anyway, that's my thing. So uh, you have a response slash sidebar. Go. Oh, I have both, actually. I'll do re response first. Um, okay. This is, uh, I mean, this is uh, language warning for small kids, but this is Cory Doctorow's in shitification. Right. I don't know yeah. if you're familiar with that article yes, that term, but that's exactly yeah. what this is. It's in shitification of the platform. And and uh it's nothing new. Uh it's not. I mean, this has been the business model for a while. Uh if you look at uh, if you look at YouTube as a big tech platform, which it and I say that with as much is. I say that with as much detest in my Disdain. voice as I can muster right. on a day where I've not had enough caffeine. Or if you look at them as a media company. And same caveat applies. Whether whether you look at them as a big tech plat social platform, then you have Dr. O's in shitification that, that I think perfectly describes this. If you look at them as a media company, it's just cable. Right? All the streaming services are just cable, right? Because what happened? For, sit down and stay a while, kids who don't know what life was like before the internet. You had TV over the air, which was not digital, it was analog, and then cable came along in what, the early 80s, right? Middle 80s. Cable yeah, comes like along and says, hey, we're going to put these cables, we're going to put these wires, these physical wires all over your neighborhood. Uh, you can hook them up with your TV. Now, you're going to pay us for TV. And everybody, what? But they said, hey, well, hang on a second. There's premium content you can only get on cable. The picture quality is better. And, and it was no advertisements. So you're paying us a monthly fee, right? You're sitting there. You're going to watch a 30-minute show. It says 30 minutes on the TV guide. It's really only back then. It was probably longer. Now it's like 21, 22 minutes of actual show content, not including intro and outro songs, right? Mm -hmm. So probably 19 to 20 minutes of real content. But we're going to call it a half an hour. The difference is advertisements. That's how the uh, how the broadcasters were making money. Cable TV companies came along and said, look, you're going to pay us a monthly fee, but we're not going to bother you with ads. So you can watch everything unencumbered. Okay, that was the value proposition. Like by the end of that sentence, they started introducing ads <laughs> yeah. into their lower tier and then charging, oh, hey, you can get cable premium. I don't know what they called it. I'm going to call it, I'm, and I'm just making this up on the fly. It has no association with uh, people or companies or events real or imagined. Uh, they came up with cable prime and said, uh, well, that's right. If you have standard cable, that's great. We're going to show you some targeted ads, uh, but you can upgrade to cable prime uh, and we're going to keep those ads away from you so you can have a cleaner viewing experience, right? And on and on and on it went. Then you went and that went into the the specialty channels like your HBOs and so forth. They they That was their thing. You had to pay extra for those, but they didn't have commercials, right? 
on and on we go. And the same thing is with YouTube. The same thing, you know, like Facebook, Twitter, all of it. It starts, it's free, and this is where it does dovetail into shitification because it goes from it's a free platform because this is what big tech does because VCs are out of their gourd and just spend money like it's going out of style in order to capture an audience. Now we have to monetize it. And so now the ads come in and the paid tiers come in, and then you get these like almost, I don't know, it's like it's like a dark pattern of yeah of, of that's a good, that's of a good system analogy. evolution yep. over time it's like a dark pattern of product strategy that you start to uh give things to your users for six months let them get used to them and then put them behind the paywall if you want to have it and you just make this a paid feature and you advertise it as part of the advertisements you're serving me i feel one way about it but i think your point is to roll it out to everyone and then pull it back behind the paywall after a year once they've gotten used to it, that feels different. Whether it is or isn't, it's not a value judgment, but it feels different to the end user. Yeah. And it's it's kind of crummy. Yeah, like it's I've, not. Yeah. So, so I have actually had this feature on my Android phones for years. Like you may have yeah. just been enjoying it because of your, you know, Neanderthal backwater titanium based iPhone, um, you know, vegan guru, all organic, you know, granola crunching hippie phone or something like that. But I, I have actually no, been picture in picture was just invented two years ago. But, right. Right. So Apple innovated. It's called it, it, innovation, Frank. <laughs> yeah. This is like Microsoft style innovation. Great idea. Glad, glad, I, had glad I had it. it. That's right. Um, so I've actually been enjoying it for years rather than just the, the past uh, the past 12 months or so. Um, and that it's, it's the, this is not an, it, this is clearly, I, I love your use of dark pattern here. Cause that's what this is. This is yeah. clearly not iterative improvement, uh, you know, value upselling and, 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 you know, that's not what this is. This is, I want more money out of you. And so I'm going to do this to, to in fact, get more money out of you. And it just, yeah, it, it just feels gross. Um, it and turns the line of almost being like misanthropic. Like it's just like, look at you with the big. I know I'm today. <laughs> like I I know it's dramatic, but it really like it smacks of something. And I, and you're right, like it smacks of something more than just oh we're discovering our product strategy. But, yeah, like, BS. Exactly no, you're not. You're no, you're not. You're looking for more revenue, is what you're doing. Don't shut up. Just, and these companies, I mean, they're they're on the quarterly earnings treadmill just like everybody else. And so yeah, that the stone is dry, but they have to squeeze more blood out of it. That's where. Then I think, you know, in shitification is like the right framework to to think about it. Um what's the I mean, now did, did you know did you know that that the the big platforms, so to talking YouTubes and the tweeters and so forth, mm-hmm. they actually have like armies of I forget what they they're probably called like ambassadors or something, uh uh concierge services or something. They should have armies of people that go after uh, celebrities and public officials and noteworthy people and like proactively these companies employ people spend money to employ people to go get famous people onto the platform and show them how to use the platform and and how to get the most out of it and how to engage and all of that kind of stuff like this is the thing they actively try to capture like public opinion like overtly not as not as like some oh the CIA gave people LSD like whatever but like this this is part of the business model. This is part of the way that they think about human capital allocation and so forth. Um, 
I'm aware of that with like bad. web with um I mean a lot of it I'm I think about it in terms of product placement and things like that. I I, I didn't think about it in terms of in terms of say, I don't know, Twitch or Twitter X, whatever the hell. Yeah. Um uh going after people to say, here, we really want you to use this platform, come use this platform. But I, I mean, conceptually it's the exact same thing. We really want you to use our product and we want people to see you using the product. So it's like a sponsorship deal. You know, that's, yeah. it's just another form of a sponsorship deal. Um, except they don't, except they're not to pay for it. Right. right. Well, you're I mean, really getting the benefit. benefit. It's growing your audience, right? Yeah. yeah it's, it's you're, they're being so generous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's, <laughs> and I don't think anybody's fooled by it. Right. No, I, like I, everybody knows what it is. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, it, it just, bah, like, yes, it, it, in shitification. Yes. I didn't even think about the, 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 the cable analogy, but you're, but you're right. And it, and it really fits given that YouTube is genuinely trying to become, um, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's going down the, the same, <clears throat> excuse me, the same track as the satellite as the radio, satellite like radio. XM is another yep. good example. And this is just the media playbook, right? I mean, even some of the magazines, right? The paid magazines now have ads. They didn't used to, this is just the same, but it's so boring to a, watch this the, happen. And then everybody be surprised about it. Yeah. So the philosophically, is there a, I mean, is there a way to actually not have that happen? Do you, can you continue? Let me rephrase that. Can you have a successful growing, because I think that's the important thing here, growing mm -hmm. business. Uh, and and let's, let's go all the way. Let's say this is a publicly traded company. Can oh, you, can you have big a, guns? Well, I mean, cause that's really, if you think about it, that's really where this, this comes from. Um, you know, uh, because if you buy stock, you want that stock to what? To grow. Well, the only way that that grows is if the value of the company grows, which means that it has to earn more money. So you're on this treadmill of, you know, more, yeah. bigger and, and things like that. Is it possible to actually be on that treadmill and not have this kind of crap happen? I, I would say, I'm sure the answer is yes, but it's probably really difficult to to do that because you don't just have to you, you don't you have to grow the audience which means you have to you know you have to add more more people which means you need to have more and more compelling reasons to entice them as opposed I, to I'm gonna siphoning say, off of what you already have which is what this kind of stuff does I'm going to I'm going to say no both theoretically and practical it's practically it's not possible uh practically it's not possible because mm, greed exists I, well, like, sure. I mean, well, that's, I mean, the human like, flaw. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so practically, no. And, and practically, I don't think the market will wait long enough to see the growth, right? The reason all this happens is because we want inorganic growth. We want, well, we're going to call it organic because we want it to sound good, but, uh, it's, but it's really not. It's really not. It's really on the backs of advertising and native ads and these uh, partnerships and backdoor deals and all this kind of crap. Uh, so let's set, set that aside. The, earn, the quarterly earnings treadmill demands a pace of returns that I don't really think is practically attainable by most company, by really any reasonable company over the course of its lifespan. Mm -hmm. And I think then you start to run into more of a philosophical or theoretical reason, which is, okay, if the reason for a company to be on the market is to grow, right? To access capital, right? To yeah. grow the organization. 
And the reason for an investor to buy a company is for that investment to grow. Well, then you are at some point talking about total addressable market. Right. Right. So there is a point at which growth stops. And it's a perfectly profitable company doing perfectly ethical things, employing people uh, responsibly, having sustainable practices, right? Uh, theoretically, if you look at the, you know, if you want to be really academic about it, theoretically making the world a better place through social, mobile, local, so low, you know, low. So whatever. Low. Right. So, so the company's providing some value to society, society's providing money to the company, and you can do that sustainably and not have to grow. But if you're a public company, if you're not showing quarter over quarter growth, you're going to get sold. Why yeah. am I going to keep your stock if it's not going to grow? Why am I going to keep your stock if it won't go up? I'm just going to sell it. So then everybody sells. So then the price tanks. And the best case scenario is the company reprivatizes. Now they have more. Now they have, let me phrase this the correct way. They have fewer disincentives to misbehave. And mm. where do you go from there? Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I, I don't uh. think I, I, and I think, and the reason I draw that analogy is like, yes, okay, when YouTube has there's eight point whatever billion people on the planet, when, eight, when YouTube has 8.3 billion paid subscribers, that's the end. It can't go any higher. It can't get any more. That's, that's the logical conclusion. Okay, we say, well, that's never going to happen. There's always a little more. And so that's the whole value proposition, the long tail, blah, blah, blah. I, my point is, though, that when you look at the practical versus the theoretical, uh, company starts nobody knows about it it grows organically at some point it hits hopefully at some point it inflects and it starts to grow like gangbusters but that's logarithmic right that's there's an asymptote there to the growth curve and so it may still be going up but at some point it practically reaches its total it reaches, addressable a, it market. reaches a plateau yeah and so it doesn't stop growth but the rate slows to a point where now i think it makes a lot more sense when you look at it in terms of inflation adjusted numbers, right? Real inflation adjusted numbers and CPI. Then you can start to see the numbers, even over the last decade, the numbers have not strictly been going up and to the right as dramatically no. as everybody wants to think they are. No, they're um, not. Like you look at real purchasing power and so it's... Mm, <laughs> I mean, inflation, you're not the get, monetary you're inflation not getting, is atrocious since COVID. Yeah, yeah, those those Oracle shares are not giving you what it says on paper, uh, <laughs> experientially. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going on a whole thing now. So I, to answer your question, I don't I don't really know that it is possible. Mm. Yeah. Which super sucks. Yeah, like, that's that not a very yeah. like that's I'm the op, I'm the I'm the cranky optimist here, uh, but I'm saying like probably not. Yeah. And this but I that- hate the answer. Like all things, I I just I hate big things, right? Like I yeah. love churches and unions and governments and companies. I, I hate big churches and unions and governments and companies because at a certain critical mass, they begin effectively, practically to support themselves rather than serve their yeah, mission. Yeah, they become and that's, self-interested. And so I, and so I think the answer is companies that don't grow, right? Which is to say more smaller businesses, not fewer larger ones which has been the trend since i don't know money so like can we can we reverse that probably not is my guess yeah i would love i would love for the bitcoin and p2p guys to prove me wrong yeah so the i mean the 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 company that would avoid this kind of thing would be the kind of company that would reach its its maximum potential and then stay there and then the people who well, are 
the people who are in there, then you you get you do the dividends. Like you're not you're not necessarily right. concerned about the stock going up. You're concerned about yeah. that dividend, you know, the almighty dividend yeah. coming in on a on a on a regular basis. Like, okay, I invested. Just keep churning out those dividends to me. You know, you can or just the, keep doing exactly what you're doing because you're just going to keep paying me out the dividends. So that, yeah, that works. Yeah. yeah, you shift from growth to returns. And that's that's really the only way to do it. Or the other thing uh, that almost nobody can do well is like, okay, once you've gained that stature, successfully pivot or successfully open into yeah. a new market, yeah. which very few companies have done it's well. It's really, almost always just conglomeration through M&A, which doesn't add value to anybody. Maybe it gives the stockholders back a few bucks in terms of economies of scale, right? Yeah. If you've got better vertical or horizontal integration, but otherwise that's just corporate buffoonery so that owners get a few bucks. It's not really doing anything for the market. What's the last one that you can think of that like in recent memory that did like a really good successful pivot? I mean, you can think about obvious stuff. Um, like uh, I think Netflix is probably a really, really good example. Started their existence as a you know mail order movie service they did and then that just netflix was a household name before the streaming before, hit way before yeah. streaming and then they and then i mean they had their growing pains remember quickster remember they 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 split their they had netflix and then they had the quickster. mail order stuff they actually were trying to brand them separately they actually tried to fork the branding of netflix oh. at this one so streaming was coming and it was growing but they still had a lot of people that were just used to Netflix being the mail order subscription. I click a movie DVD on service, the website yeah. and, and I had never used it, but I used the video game equivalent. There was one called Gamefly, which honestly, mm. it might still be around. I'd have to go even look. Um, and you would have, you had a subscription. I had a queue. You send me the, the, the first one or two. As soon as I send them back, you send me the next one. It was cool. It was a great way to, you know, that was a really good service. Anyway, so Netflix, same idea, but they start, you know, the streaming's starting to grow and, and we really like that. And the name Netflix, I mean, that fits. Mm -hmm. like that That's on brand for a streaming service. We want that. I shouldn't. But we don't want to leave maybe our I shouldn't have, behind. But, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said pivot though, because that, that was a successful pivot. I think yeah, it was that wise. Was it was, it, obviously, they did the right thing yeah. or a right thing. Um, pivot was not the right word. What I meant oh. was like, not leaving behind the old business model because the market decided it was going to die. But like oh, we have a successful business, something else rather than like, oh, like ubiquity saying, hey, we have these great switches. Let's make a firewall. That's not what I'm talking yeah, about. What yeah, I'm talking yeah. about is ubiquity saying, hey, we have great network gear. Now we're going to produce peripherals right. and do that successfully right. as a different independent pillar of the business to get it to the same level that I <sighs> It's all M&A, right? Yeah. You think, oh, Microsoft, you know, Office, Xbox, like all of these things were bought, right? Like yeah, it's true. not. Yeah. Google, yeah. it's just anything that they have created, they have killed eight months later. Well, the dirty um, little secret with Google is the only thing that's really uh, revenue successful is the is the ad generated search. off of, off of search. That's that's it. Yeah. Uh, YouTube is in the Which same is dying. Boat. Which is why the Google's practically useless anymore. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you're still in the habit of Google actually Googling or you pick Bing or something else, but like Google results are so badly infiltrated yeah. by all manner of different whiz bang adware, yeah. uh, pay, pay to play, right? Uh, pay to view that 
it's, I don't even use it anymore. It's and it's not some like, oh, I use DuckDuckGo because I'm a nerd and they are the privacy. Res-. It's like, no, yeah, that's why I was originally aware of DuckDuckGo and they're a local company, but they're actually a better search now because I can click the button and then I see a list of links which usually contain the thing that I want. I don't have to scroll past these right. carousels and and hero videos and all this other kind of garbage to find the link, which is why I went to you in the first place. Right. I don't, this is a little bit of a rant because I know Google's whole thing, like their mission is to organize the world's information. It's not necessarily to show you uh, page ranked web links, but I don't know. I'm yeah. the whole thing. No, I, I I do still Google, but what I have found is when I have a when I have a more um, binary QA kind of need, I'm opening ChatGPT for that first <laughs> and you get i mean you get pretty good answers generally i mean we've talked about this before you know like you, you get pretty decent answers for, from it um and you get it without you get it without the cruft but now i mean yeah. to tie this back to what we we're talking about how long until the inshittification process of chat gpt starts like how long until yeah. you know the ai gives me you know paid suggestions or you know there's an ad yeah. alongside of it or something like that because you know it's coming um, it's perfect out of the mouths of babes. I don't know if you've heard of this program, uh, school age kid program called uh, Odyssey of the Mind. Is uh, that familiar yeah. to you? <laughs> All right. So, is it? Hold, okay. Quick history lesson Odyssey of the Mind. You know this. I used to work for a company called Destination Imagination. Destination uh -huh. Imagination was uh, founded, it was basically a, a splinter cell fork of a bunch of Odyssey of the Mind. Uh, folks. So there were these no people. Way. Yeah, there was this. There was this internal struggle. It predated my my working at the company, but basically, honestly, mm -hmm. mine had this internal struggle, and a bunch of people went, "Screw it, we're going to go and do our own thing." And mm -hmm. they found a destination imagination. And, no way. Yep. So so I am very familiar. <laughs> I'm actually quite familiar with Odyssey of the Mind and what they do. So go ahead. I want. Uh, what do you What do you got? No, so for the folks that don't know, it's like an extracurricular program for uh, elementary, uh, well, school age kids. Yeah, usually uh, K where to they 12. break up. Yeah, K to twelve, uh, and kids form groups of like uh, half a dozen, and they go off and they creatively solve some problem. They put on a play in March, um, and it's very cute, and it's you know it's it's meant to just be sort of an enrichment thing, and the the the. The thing of it is the, it's all driven by the kids. So they get some prompt like, oh, make a play where somebody, it doesn't matter. Make up this little play. You have eight minutes for the play, but the kids are doing everything. They're designing, they're coming up with the, the ideas, the scripts, they're designing the sets, the costumes, they're rehearsing. They are doing as a, as a coach, which I am like you are like, it is in the rules. You are not allowed to offer them help. This is them. And it's meant right. to like, it's really cool. Um, anyway. So my kids, this is the first I've I've uh, uh, been involved with it, but both my older two kids are doing it this year. Oh, cool! And uh, the there and we're we're at a meeting last night. My my son's uh, first meeting with his team last night, and uh, the prop they're going we're reading the problem. Oh, you're this. And here's the setting, and here's the thing, and here's the context of the challenge, and all of this, and. Uh, and this is sponsored by Arm and Hammer baking soda. And all of the kids, the girl that was reading the sheet, and all the other kids, like, what? What is sponsored? What is baking? What is Arm and Hammer? What is any of this? Like, it was so <laughs> out of place that you yeah. would have a sponsors and the solution, their solution, their play has to incorporate Arm and Hammer Arm baking and soda. Right? That's soda. the yeah. right. Mm -hmm. But like watching them hit this thing in the middle of the script 
like it was out of place. It wasn't well-timed. It was there because it had to be there because somebody paid for it to be there, but it had nothing to do with the problem, nothing to do with anything except branding, except getting that name on the page and getting Mm -hmm. people to go buy a box of it for this stupid competition. Like just hearing them in their little group try to figure out what in the hell that sentence meant was golden for me because <laughs> it was the ad, the advertising. Yeah. It was like, it just, it met perfectly. And, and, you know, I don't know if you listen to other podcasts, but lately uh, the big trend the last couple of years has been programmatically inserted ads. Yeah. So publisher will mark, okay, at this timestamp, you can put an ad in and it is so jarring and it's all yeah, it's it's stupid disrupt- stuff. I like the native, I like the native ads. I watch some, I I watch some shows that are podcast slash slash video vlogs or whatever the hell they call them. And the native of the devil of the children are doing these days. Yeah. Morgan Freeman. Um, (laughs) And the, the native ads, I, I I kind of, I'm okay with that. Uh, You know, they, it's the, it's the person, it's the personality. They're doing the thing. So they're kind of putting their name on it. They do mm-hmm. their own little spin, their own little shtick, and it just sort of fits natively with the the content. And when they're read well, it's fine. It's fine, right? you know. And it's like, hey, you got to make money. I get it. It's cool. Like it's it's totally fine. I um, happen to not. I happen to be in, and I am out as not a fan of Mister Laporte, but he is the consummate ad reader. Yeah. I mean, he does yeah. a better job than I think anybody else. In the, I I can't stand him. But he is really good. At, like, I recognize the talent. He is really good at reading those ads. Yeah. I mean, that's why he's that's why he's got the job that he that's why had. he is what he is. Right. That's yep. exactly right. That's why he is. He is who he is. Um, so when. Um, OK, one more little sidebar. So at Destination Imagination, the two big sponsors we had when I was there was uh, the National Dairy Council. So we had mm-hmm. we actually had a milk themed um challenge <laughs> actually we had that they were a big sponsor for years and years so there was usually a milk-based milk-themed thing but it was usually subtle it wasn't super right. obvious but at our year-end event uh do you remember the got milk campaign you remember yeah. that so we would have there There was a got milk uh booth and you could get the the big fake milk mustache oh. on it was it was pretty cool so that right. was kind of fun the other sponsor that we had this one's really interesting the other big sponsor we had was velcro Mm-hmm. And p- the kids would use Velcro, but that's not mm-hmm. why. That's not why they had. They were sponsoring us. They were sponsoring us because Velcro is, and as far as I know, is is still in a uh, dire situation protecting they are. their IP of the term yeah. Velcro. It's very very close to entering general public domain. Because Velcro's yeah. co- when you when you hear Velcro, you hear you know that plastic side and that felt side. I mean, that's what yep. you think. Velcro is a company; it's not actually a product. And so, what they did was they sponsored us and had the kids using Velcro products. But you never in our stuff and 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 I was in the in the corporate headquarters, like they, very explicitly, like the company's name is Velcro. The product is called Hook and Loop. Hook and Loop. And yep. and like we had to. Like we actually had our big year end event, we which we did at the University of uh, uh, Tennessee in uh, UT in Knoxville, and it was it was big. We probably had you know hundred thousand people there. Uh, the big sponsors, National Dairy Council, Velcro, would get up. You know the CEOs would get up and they would talk about it, and somebody from the Velcro would always get up and you know and 
you know, they did this shout and response thing. And it was like, what is it called? Hook and loop. And all the kids would shout <laughs> yeah. back. And they're like, damn right. And that's protect my IP, there was some my minions. There was some... There was some video that went around five or 10 years ago where somebody, I don't know if it was Velcro or somebody else made this whole YouTube video about it. It's hook and loop, you know, because mm -hmm. they were trying, they were just trying to they put out like established use and prior art, yes. all this kind of stuff that were well, not prior art, but to defend the active use of the, of the their term. copyright. They're trying to protect yeah. their Velcro copyright. Yeah. And I mean, God love them for trying. I think they're, they're right. doomed, but um, you know, like other thing, Kleenex, is another one mm. that's they're very common. Um, Xerox, although copies are less of a concern these days. So, um, so yeah, so those were our two big sponsors uh, for for very uh, for for very yeah, different yeah. reasons. <laughs> so yes, and Arm just and like just like the kids with their Arm and Hammer bacon soda and their Velcro hook and loop and their milk, Google's above the fold is now useless to me because it's just rife with things that don't actually make sense for oh, what I'm noise. looking for. It's so much noise. And so, you know, is I feel like there's an opportunity here. I just don't know what it actually looks like. Cause it's not all they had to do. All they had to do guys, all you got to do you had one is, job to do. You all you got to do is nothing. That's all you had to do <laughs> was nothing to keep that thing running, mm. to keep it rolling. It was well, a good formula and you've jacked it up. I mean, yeah, but I don't know if doing nothing is right because it's an algorithm. People figure it out and then they've got to make adjustments to the algorithm to eliminate the abuse. And so there is this very constant cat and mouse game no, no, no. that you're I'm, playing. I'm specifically talking about the user experience. So not the core oh, product, oh, okay. right? So the core, the core AdSense and AdWords and the core search product. Yeah, those are under constant innovation. But as an end user, when I go to Google.com, mm -hmm. type in some some nonsense and push and and click enter. Because who actually clicks the search button anymore? Am I alone in this? Like you just type in your thing, you push enter, button. right? Yeah, I just hit enter. Like yeah. I would, I want to know how many people actually push that button. Is like, the button do, actually still there? Like do actual statistics oh, justify, there is a button I there. think it's an arrow or something. No, it's still down there. Do actual, they still have Google search and I'm feeling lucky. They still have the I'm feeling lucky button. That is maybe the most valuable real estate on the planet still in the year of our Lord 2023. I would love to know what the utilization statistics are on the actual buttons. I, I got to give them credit. They they have stuck with their their UX. A little credit where credits due. Their UX has been for the, for the search on the, at least the homepage of their search. They have not messed with it. Which yeah, I mean for a big company like Google, that's I mean that's some serious corporate discipline yeah. to keep that they've done stable. They've so, done some things up in the top or left you got corner. Yeah, you have bottom a bottom middle. Bar. They'll put something in, but that's that's it. That's um, it. But I mean the search results page. They all they had to do was nothing. It worked. It did what it was supposed to do. And I and now it's and, not, and now it's um, yeah, there's a lot of advertising that's that's very, very deeply interwoven yeah. with the actual results and trying to figure out where the ads which it end. always was right and, there well, was always yeah, there one was always zero to three at the top sure that were clearly marked as ads you could visually skip them very easily if you wanted to yeah but you can't tell anymore like i mean it's you can not, if, I, if you look close enough you see sponsored but the actual visual delineation between what's paid and versus organic is really yeah. like they, they make that yeah. razor thin. They really don't yeah. want you to be able to tell the difference, but they know truth in advertising. They have to at least say this is sponsored content, but they try and make it as subtle. They as would they rather, possibly they would can. rather mix them all in. They oh would yeah. Rather you not know oh, at 100%. all. 100%. 100% they would. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Anyway, all right. So I'm going to start this up. Um, wow. We drank a lot. I don't even know where that sidebar came. That was sidebar. Told was you. From another sidebar. I don't even think I did the... Oh, no, I'll pass that. That's for you. And that one's for me. And yeah, that was a, that was a, a lot of sidebar. But uh, the... Yeah, the... the just... But why, why can't I have my picture in picture? Come on, Google. Like, you know, you've got to... Don't make me pay for crap I'm not going to pay for. Like, that is not going to entice me to buy YouTube premium. It's No, it's just going to piss me off. That's right. It's just going to piss me, just like the sponsored, you know, vagaries right. of the of the search yeah. engine, which you're right. I, I, that's a good way. You had to not screw that up. And that was a, you yeah. know, they... It they was their game to lose. And it did. was. This and, episode and sponsored by Polar Seltzer, <laughs> as always. <laughs> Well, if you're an old man and you'd like to yell at clouds, uh, we would love to hear about it. You can send us some feedback. The way you would do that creatively enough is feedback at refactor.work. That's our primary email address. Send us an email that we'll read or a, a voice memo that we'll play on the show. Um, refactor.work is our primary website. You can find uh, this and back episodes, archives, show notes, recommendations, all sorts of shenanigans over there. Uh, you can find more of me online at chris.tonkinson.com and more of Frank at hotcoles, K-O-H-L-S.com. And this has been episode number 120. It sounds weird. 120. 120. December 1st, 2023. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, buddy.